This episode of the Off-Season Podcast is brought to you by my good friend Adam Goodlett. He's an insurance salesman, and he tells me that 43% of people don't have life insurance or a financial plan, and that every day you wait to start planning, it makes it harder to get started. Adam Goodlett is a fully licensed, independent, licensed, independent, licensed insurance agent and financial planner. This guy can do both. Ladies, get you a man that can do both, okay? This guy can sell you. He's an independent insurance agent, and he can finance. He can he can plan your finances. I mean, come on. What more do you want from a guy? Hopefully, he would give you some money. I'm sure Adam's a good guy. Representing more than 25 companies, Adam can get you the most bang for your buck. If you're an individual planning for your family or a business owner looking to offer more to your employees, call my buddy Adam today at 859 859- 613-3963. Again, call my friend Adam at 859-613-3963. Because when it comes to planning, if it ain't about dollars, it don't make sense, people. It doesn't make sense. If you're a company out there, you're a person looking to get added on to this advertisement list, please email me at cashdaniel 23 numbers23 at gmail.com again cashdaniel23 at gmail.com we got one funny episode coming up for you this guy is the guy I met back in January I did a commercial with and get to sit down and uh, sit down and talk to the guy and I can't wait to have him sitting across from me so stick with us right here we'll be back with episode 4 of the off season podcast brought to you by my good friend Adam Goodlett Go buy some insurance and let them finance your plans or plan your finances, ladies. Larry, man, welcome to the show. I appreciate you, my man, coming on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is my man, Larry Starks. We met uh, in January on a set of a commercial and uh, just kept up with each other ever since, man. And uh, you can follow him on IG. Instagram at RealStars27. I understand your original one got hacked, man. Yeah, man. First off, man, what's up, everybody, man? It's your boy Starks, man. <laughs> Lexington, Kentucky's on, man. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, man, my my um my original got hacked, man. I had uh twenty three thousand. And uh somehow I they got me a batter, man. I woke up one morning and it was like this account don't Damn. exist. Anymore. Man, you don't think you really care about that stuff until it happens and then your stomach's hurting all day, man. Like, ah, you feel like your dog died. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I hear you, bro. Hey, it took a while to get that stuff up there, man. So, man, you know I'm mean? telling you, it was a lot of work for real. Yeah, but then uh, you got over 70,000 on, on on YouTube, though, man. That's huge. Yeah, yeah, man. That's huge. You can find him at, uh, at Starks TV yeah, out there. Yeah. And then uh, on Twitter at Real Starks 27 again. Yep. Man, so what you been up to, man? Ah oh, man, uh, trying to trying to make it through this climate we in right now, man. You know man. what I'm saying? It's it's uh it's weird times, man. Like I was saying, it's it's just uh, you know, everybody's games changed right now. From right. Restaurants to sports to to comedy to you name it, everything's operating at a different wavelength right now. Right. How's it affected the? Uh, you know, I know you you got. I know you do your thing on social media and things mm-hmm. like today. You know, that seems you know to the spot to be. But right. for a stand up comedian, you gotta you gotta go out there and have shows. Yeah. And uh, so, how's that affected you? You know, going into usually having shows, you know, planned out, you know, for your year and everything. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you gotta be like, wait a minute, I gotta shut down and do what? Just stare at the yeah. house and do nothing? Yeah. Uh, really, it's affected me tremendously. I mean, but it's affected everybody tremendously. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, pretty much everybody's shows slowed down to like zero for real. Um. 
I have a few shows since COVID that I've been doing and um, some book, but it's not like the regular pace that I'm on. Right. But I know what's going on. I kind of know. So I just got to kind of pace myself. The one thing I'm trying to not do is get rusty. I mean, because on stage, you know how we we know how the gym works. You, you miss a week, you, it'll show up. I was, gonna, I, mean? I was gonna say, man, you looking good, man. I'm I saw, it like you, man. Hey, you man, know I'm, what I'm saying? I, dude, hey, you definitely got me beat on the bench press. <laughs> I've been seeing them videos you've been throwing out, oh, man. man. I can't even I can't even do barbell no more, man. It, my shoulders, man, my shoulder can't fucking take it. Yeah, man. I just been trying to prove something to myself, man. Like, you know, you fall off for a while, trying to, you know, just with life and just kind of fall off with your with your numbers. And I'm like, hold up, man, I gotta get back right, man. Yeah. So I went in and and Last month, man, I touched 370, man. So, hey. Yeah, man, I felt like I was major, you know. I think the most I ever got in college was 405, man. I thought I was a Greek fucking god after that. Yeah, boy. Yeah. It's big weight, man. It is. But, man, it uh, it, it, it takes a, it takes a toll on you, though, man, it does. the more it you does. do it. And, yeah. uh, you know, especially with what we did, you know, out there beating and banging around, you mm -hmm. know, for a living and having to do that over and over and over it again. It shows up later, man. I, oh, I, I never believed anybody until I'm like, ow, I woke up just not moving as well. What? Like, man. man, I was, uh, so I was on a call today with uh, with WWE, actually. Uh -huh, and and nice. they called me and they, they emailed me wanting to do a, come down there and do a tryout. And I was like, man, it's been a dream of mine ever since I was a kid to yeah. go out there and get in a squared circle. And I use the same shit, you know, that, like the character, the charisma to go out there and actually play football, and and I love to do it. But man, my body can't take it no more, man. Like I'm 23 <laughs> years old, man. I'm still, and I, as soon as my feet hit the floor, sometimes I gotta when I plant my on my weight, and I can feel my back. I'm like, nope, not right now. Yeah, just go man. Ahead and just sit down for a second, man. Yeah, man. It, you gotta listen to your body, man. You, you gotta listen. It, it'll talk to you. And um, I know I know a lot of people, man. There's um. I wouldn't necessarily say paying the price, but they feeling they feeling the work that they put in through the years. I'm man. paying the price, man. There, I mean, I did, I never listened to my body, and yeah. I never did. I was just, I don't know. It was just something that you know, if I could, if I could walk, you know, I could play, you know, type attitude, and yeah, seems uh, it's like badass in the moment. Yeah, but about five, four or five years down the road, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna feel real badass Ooh, then, we, man. Yeah, man. I, I'm telling you, I had to. Um, I went and got my, um, I just got a checkup, you know, because I was like, since I had stopped playing football and doing everything, I was like, I ain't got a checkup for real just to see if everything's in order. Because I'm, I'm starting to feel a little knee pain. Mm. My shoulders is kind of hurting a little bit, you know, and uh, got some x-rays and they was like, uh, well, your rotator cuffs are intact. And, you know, most football players, they, they really got the problem with the rotator cuffs. And I'm like, well, that's good to hear. And then uh, the bill was $3,000. I was like, well, okay, wait a minute. I, I'd rather hear the bad news about the shoulder than the price. I mean. Shit, maybe the bad news was the price. Yeah, right there. yeah, the good, man. Uh, the good news is, is that you're all intact, you're good to go, but the, the bad problem is we're going to need $3,000. Oh, my gosh. I was like, man, I, I didn't even do nothing. I just wanted some answers. I, I, just, <laughs> I, just, I just came to, you know, not even an oil change, nothing, man. I man, just came I'm in to get you. looking. I just came to see if everything's running right. Man, not even a happy ending or nothing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, some of that three thousand. Man, man, I'm telling you, you going to tell me I'm fine. You know, that's an intrepid at the auction for three thousand. You know uh, what I mean? That got me, man. But yeah, uh, that's the game, man. That's life, man. I mean, that's that's a tough that's a tough decision to make too, man. Like uh, to to listen to your body and not chase a dream, man. Oh yeah, that's a that's a tough, tough, tough. Decision, I mean, that's two man. things you're fighting, man. You're sitting there fighting with your mind and everything, saying, "Yeah, it hurts." And there's a lot of things that you've already proven to yourself that you could push through yeah and it's like well if i can do that shit i mean this shit ain't nothing right you know, right right okay but 
like I said, we keep saying, the more you keep doing that over and over and over again, it's going to catch up to you ass one day. Oh, man. I mean, you you know, we both know football, you know, every time you step on the field, you got to reset and get that first initial headache. And mm-hmm. you don't really put that into perspective until it's like, every time I play, I get a headache. Like, I know it's coming. And it's like, I've had a thousand headaches. Oh, like, you man. know what I mean? Like. It's 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 a crazy it's a crazy thing once you look at it, man. But, I would always say that like I got to get that I got to go ahead and get that hit out the way. Yep. Yeah. Yep, go yep. ahead and get it out the way. Go and get it out. Especially the way. when when I was like a, a freshman sophomore, man, because like I, my only role in college at that point was to run down on kickoff and like all the special teams, and I was a dude on the gunner position where I was. My job was to go down and split double teams. Mm-hmm. So I had to find whatever way I could do. You know, technique we work in practice. Well, sometimes that don't work. Sometimes you just got to run through a motherfucker's face. Oh yeah, face. man! You and, gotta, you gotta uh, blow their ass up. Yeah, man. that was like, hey, first, <laughs> first, a hey, first kickoff. Now we're getting it out the way. I don't care what they do. If it's a touchback, I don't man. care what it is. Let's just go hit somebody. That's it. Yeah, and see me. I mixed mine. I mixed comedy with mine. So you know, I was always the class clown, but at the same time playing ball, you know, they'd hype me up. Go get the biggest dude down the field. Bet, say less. So full speed, do 300 plus pounds. I go and give him everything I got. And nine times out of 10, I would lose that battle and everybody be on the sideline crying, laughing. I'd be laughing myself, but it was like, that's the fun in it. You know what I mean? Like it was, it was good times though. Definitely good times. So have you always had that, this kind of personality, you know, the, the, the class clown kind of personality growing up and everything? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, that was, that was always the case. Literally in sixth grade, man. I was telling jokes so much that the teacher said, um, <laughs> he, the teacher said, if Larry doesn't tell a joke, we're not going to lunch. To that, It got to that point, because I'm just like, okay, well, I'm watching Def Jam. None of the kids got to watch Def Jam. Yeah. So I'm taking the Def Jam jokes and giving them to everybody, so they just thinking I'm the best <laughs> thing smoking, like, you know? And it kind of like, it kind of grew me to be an actual comedian. I never thought that that would happen. But then more and more people started saying, man, you should get on stage. You should get on stage. You should get on stage. So, you know, Facebook is kind of starting to bloom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got on Facebook and I said, if I, if I go get on stage somewhere, would y'all come out? And I think I got like 200 likes. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, and you talking, we talking 2010, 2011. And I'm like, 200 likes. I'm like, oh, we, we on to something, you know? So, you know, I made it happen. And the very first show I ever did was my own show. And uh, I, I want to say 90-something people came out. I was blown away myself. I didn't have a clue what I was doing, but it was a good show. Like, you know, and um, after that, I was sold, man. It was game on. You know, no, nothing, no, nothing holding you back. It's just full-on stand-up comedy from there. Yeah, it, it was just, you know, just going and going and going. And then it just opportunities start to come, and it grows and grows, and you kind of get better and better. And that's like, um, that's like the second gym. Yeah. So it's like you'll do a big show, but you got to do all these little shows in between mm-hmm. to get ready for the big show. So, you know, it's like, you know, you got a main gym that you go to, but it's a couple side gyms you hit too. You right. know what I mean? To just right. stay in shape. So that's that's the that's the motive right now. Yeah. So walk me through that process of like when you're building up. So like you got a big show coming up mm-hmm. and you're wanting to get some new material out like that. Do you use those little shows as like to see if the crowd responds well yeah. to those jokes to build up to that big show? Yeah, like, so So basically, the little shows are pretty much practice. Um, and by little shows, I mean bars and mm-hmm. little karaoke spots that might have an open mic or right. something. So you just go in and you might have three to five minutes to just get some jokes off. You don't know if they're going to work. You don't know what they're going to do. But, you know, with me, 
I tape myself most of the time. So I go in and do the jokes and I go back and watch and see how it worked. You know what I mean? See the reaction. Worked. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, it's a big reaction. I got a big roar out for that. Like, I'm gonna keep that one. This one didn't do that well. I need to work on that one and just keep working them and working them and working them. And then boom, it turns out into a full on joke. Sometimes you might freestyle something on stage and you go back and watch the tape and you're like, oh, that's a keeper. Whatever I just freestyled is amazing. So that's a keeper. And that ends up being like a mainstay in your act. And uh, it's kind of um, always, it's funny that I always related to football, but it's like you come out of the locker room and it's a full arena full of people, mm-hmm. full stadium full of people. Right. And it's like that feeling you get with that, it's not a fear thing. It's like, oh, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go. A lot of people's like, man, I just can't talk in front of this many people. The more people in the room, the more amped I am to do it. You know, I don't know why. If it's a small amount of people, I feel more nervous for some reason. Right. But it's, if it's a big room, for, oh, man, I go crazy. Man, I go seems, crazy. Yeah. I always try to relate everything to football, man. It seems that's, like, all, that's all we know. Yeah, you know? That's all you know. Yeah. When you get, uh, and it seems like there's a lot of guys that, they kind of get like that, you know. Mm-hmm. When uh, when we go to certain places, like, oh man, you know, we're going to we going to, to need, well, like like last like last week for example. I know in times right now we can only have twenty percent, you know, of whatever. Yeah. But it looks like when when you watch a damn Georgia game, it looks like they only got it looks like they got eighty thousand motherfuckers in there watching that game when you watch yeah. Georgia play. I mean, yeah. it, there's no social distance whatsoever. Nah, they in nah. there. They on the dog. Go dogs, baby. Go yeah, dogs. Oh yeah, the Georgia don't care. Georgia's wide open right now. They don't care. <laughs> but we go there play and to be like, uh, like man, I never played in front of this many people. Before. Like motherfucker, I ain't either. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, this, this is this time, is man. what you play for, man. We we're on CBS, we're on ESPN. Oh, this is what man. you do this shit for, That's, man. Man, I'm but, telling you. And it seems like like that was so. Like I always said, like I wanted to be like a rock star, you know. Yeah. And I can't sing. I can't fucking play an instrument or anything. So yeah. My stage out there, you know, was a football field and my yeah. microphone was my helmet. Mm-hmm. And the way I hit people, you know, was my lyrics or yeah. whatever it was out there. And then yeah. whatever crazy ass was antics. out there I, making good music. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Hell yeah. yeah. Like good shit. Whenever yeah. I could uh, and throw some crazy antics in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how the hell I got some away with some of that shit, though, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> I'm looking back at it, I'm like, damn, man, how the, how the, hell, how the hell did Coach Stoops not just wring my neck after no, that shit? No, man. But you know, man, it, that that's... That unique thing that you was doing is what made people love you and what made people pay attention. See, the one thing that I try to like, I try to do is not go with the program. Like, I know we set to do a certain thing, but it's like, how am I going to set myself apart from this? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's helped me in comedy because it's like I I study comedy and, and when I'm not telling jokes i'm listening to other people's jokes and it's like i'm not listening to take nothing they said but it might be the way they said something that caught my eye mm-hmm. you know what i mean it might be the the way that they standing or the way that they smiling or something and those little elements you could just put all into your own package and it makes you your unique self so it's like they know you can hit but it's like what are you going to do after the hit well they know you're going to give a show after that hit they know you're going to do some type of celebration. You know what I'm saying? You got your face paint on. You yeah. know, you got your eye black on. Crazy. You know, that's what they expect. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that is what made made it more of a a, a cultural liking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. As far as UK goes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, and I feel you, man. It's it's You, you risked it. And it was a good risk to take. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because oh, yeah. like coach could have wrung your neck. And then you would have had to chill or you know find it but you would have never known if you ain't do it you right know what I mean? but so. that was always a cool thing about coach Stoops, though man is that like he always allowed you to be you yeah you know but to a point where 
if you were embarrassing the team or embarrassing the like you know our community or whatever, and obviously mm-hmm. you know he was gonna say something, but right. if it was just a, if it was something that gave you confidence or something that gave you that edge to go out there and do what you do every Saturday, by all means, just do it in between the lines. Yeah, you know, and so that was always one cool thing about playing for him and you know seeing these dudes this year, man, and what they had to overcome, you know, with COVID and everything, <laughs> man. Man, it's I crazy. couldn't I couldn't imagine having to go through all these protocols. Like I still you know talk to some of my buddies about it. And like during the summer, like they had to be in eight, like workouts groups of eight, you know, and they're only in there for an hour and they can only go into the locker room by position and everything. And, you know, that's one of the the cool elements about, you know, being on that team, you know, is being in the locker room with everybody, you know, and, you know, just jackassing around, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, that's where you meet a lot of dudes. That's where a lot of things collaborate. That's where, you know, plans get made to go out, you know, yeah. and uh, I couldn't wait to, I couldn't wait to see, the locker room after a win. Oh yeah, man. Because it's like y'all come in and it's like the music's playing and everybody's jumping around and it's like, man, like that's that's what I loved. Like, of course, you know, I want us to win, but I'm like, I like seeing us celebrate. I right. like seeing us be happy and 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 the coach jump in with the players and everybody's just kind of, you know what I mean? Like, oh. that's, that's good times, man. Stoops, Stoops will get in there and break it down with us, man. He uh, <laughs> we, had, we had we had that one video. I think I was in one video that went viral was uh, when he went crowd surfing at Missouri a couple years ago. My uh, my junior year, we was in the locker room and Coach Stoops went, uh, you know, crowd surfing. He hit one of the tiles of the fucking ceiling out. I know y'all oh, went man. crazy, man. Oh, man, it was oh, funny man. as hell, man. So yeah. you said, so you talk about, you know, when you're not doing comedy, you're studying comedy, and obviously if you want to, you know, perfect your craft to something that you love, you know, you got to study it and you got to be – you know, a junkie about it. It's yeah. got to wake you up in the morning. It's got to keep you up For at night. Sure. Yeah. So who are some of the guys, you know, that you looked up to, you know, growing up and like who you still, you know, study these days? Um, My my list is kind of unique in the sense that I don't, I always stray away from the typical top, everybody's top five, everybody's top five. Everybody always goes, you know, like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and Red Fox. And all. that That's really not my era. You know, I right. wasn't really paying attention to nothing at that age or that time. I wasn't even born at most of those times. So it's like, you know, for me, the people that I looked up to that caught my eye as far as comedy is concerned, I'm talking Martin Lawrence. Um, I'm talking Jim Carrey, you know, um, I'm talking, um, I could go on and on and on, but I'm Mike Epps, Cat Williams, Kevin Hart, like that, those type of different, different comedians, they, none of them's the same, right? but they have the same power when they step on the stage, the same presence. And it's like, that's, that's crazy to me because it's like, where did they find that ability to be that unique and still be that powerful at the same time? Mm-hmm. Takes work hitting them stages, man. Like. A lot of people, I'm nine years in in stand-up comedy. Um, come July, be 10 years, be my 10th year. Um, and a lot of people ask me now, like, so I'm trying to get into stand-up comedy. You got any advice? And I'm like, just do the shows. Like, just do the shows. Like, a lot of people think you coming into it to get some money. And the money's, if you're getting into it for money, then you might as well just stop wasting your time. Because sometimes you're going to get some money, sometimes you ain't. Sometimes it's going to be the opportunity over the money. You know what I mean? You just got to weigh the decisions. And it's just um, it's just all what you choose. So with with me, those type of comedians, it was something about them that caught my eye as far as just how they do stand up and the uniqueness of it and certain things they were saying that was very memorable, like classic memorable. 
You know, Mike Epps got so many memorable, just excerpt people that haven't even seen his stand up know certain things he says in movies and just stand up mm-hmm. and stuff in general. Everybody can remember something. Same thing with Kevin Hart. Like it's just that's just the thing that kind of gets me into it. So with myself hitting stages, I don't really try to um achieve a set myself apart type of thing. Mm-hmm. I just try to do me the best way I can. And my comedy is just my comedy and people gravitate towards it because it's just part of it's relatable and part of it's just downright funny. So it's just like anywhere I go, it's just relatable. It's it's a good feeling to go in Oakland, California and somebody's like, you know, let me get your social media and let me do this and I can go do a show for a weekend and gain 700 Instagram followers organically because they just like what I said on stage. Right. You know what I'm saying? Gravitate towards it. Man, and that's the beautiful thing. Like, I don't have to buy a follower or go ask people for this, that, and the other. It's like, nah, it's, it just kind of, it's organic. They gravitate towards what you do. If they like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. You know what I mean? So. It kind of just seems like, uh, almost like a musician trail, you know, as well. The more gigs you can get, the more you can get in front of people. Yeah. You know, write relatable lyrics. Yeah. You know, or write relatable, you know, skits or, you know, jokes Mm -hmm. and things like that. And, you know, I think the the more authentic and the more relatable you can be to people, that's how you get blown up. You know, it's not about, you know, going out there and uh, trying to be like that. It's just be yourself and whatever happens, happens. And so, like... Like with this, like this, like with this podcast, like this is my first opportunity. Like I can actually like be myself in a yeah. media form. You know what I'm saying? Like I, all before that, I could only uh, skate the line, you know, yeah. of what I can do. But now I can cuss on here. I can actually talk like how I want, and I can yeah. have real ass conversations. And, with and they and they really get to dig into who you are as a person, like your yeah. personality, because they know you as you know, cash the football player. Yeah. So it's like, get to know me as a person and how I conversate and what I find funny and what I don't find funny and, you know, shit like that. So I feel you on that, man. Yeah. That's, and that's dope that you found another outlet because it's like, you know, you never know what this might lead to. That no. might, you know, might be end up being another passion. You know what I'm saying? Like- You never know, man. You never know. Never you never know, know man. It's, it's, it's crazy that I even think that 10 years is coming up and I'm like, man, I think of funny shit to say every day. Oh, dude. Every day. Every day you can think of funny shit to say. Oh, man. And and sometimes I'll be like, man, I want to turn it off. Like, I wish I could just turn it off, but I can't. And I'm just going (laughs) to tell this joke in titties. Like, you know what I'm saying? There you go. Hey, that goes good with everything. Yeah, everything. Everything. Soup, you know, it don't matter. (laughs) (laughs) It don't matter, man. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Man, I, I, I like, I've seen this over the past couple of years, like the transition, you know, like in comedy and, you know, comedy performers. Mm-hmm. They always talk about, like, how offended people get now in comedy. And, like, that's the dude's job is to tell a joke. Yeah, man. And it's, it's, it's so tough because a lot of people don't understand. And I think it's about choice because a lot of people enjoy trolling. Mm hmm just to get a rise out of somebody they think they couldn't get a rise out of. So if you're sitting here and you seem like this untouchable person and they get a rise out of you and now you kind of out of sorts, they feel like they achieved something. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? I've I've told jokes on Twitter and people's responded back seriously. And I'm like, did you read the bio? It says comedian. I I don't know if it says I type serious stuff, but I don't, you know, so yeah. it's a joke. You know what I mean? Like it's the people do people do kind of take stuff to heart. And I just kind of related to with with going. I found it out by going viral so many times. Like going viral 
you realize that nothing people really say is about you. It's about what they already got going on in life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I started just kind of telling people, I'm like, man, listen, if you got something going on at home, man, we can talk about it because it can't be me that you mad at. Yeah. Like, I mean, you just shot me a death threat. Oh, my God. And, dude. you know, I just. Don't even get me started on I told a joke about trolls. some shoes and you sent me a death threat. Like, yeah, what? Like, come, come on, on, man. Let's man. talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, and the thing about it is, like, like when I get on Twitter and everything, like, now that when I, I talk a lot about sports, you know, I try to keep it funny. Like, I'm, I, like, I, Sometimes I think I'm a funny guy. You know, if, if yeah. I find something funny, you know, and if I tweet it, I think it's funny. Yeah. As long as it's funny to me, I mean, that's really all I care about. Right. But you get on there, man, and see some of the shit that people say, man, it's like, man, you got some balls, dog. Hey, man. You hey, got you some a, balls. You a good one. How many Twitter followers you got? Shit, like 40, 40,000, I think. Man, and just imagine your your, your mentions after a bad game. Oh, like, dude, I can tell God, you. I can tell you about them. After, I, I can tell you about the, the, the after the Florida shit happened. Yeah. With the with Kyle Trask and everything. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's like the entire state of Florida just bombarded my mentions, dude. Mm. I, couldn't, I couldn't get on fucking Twitter. Just to, you know, retweet a video of something we did, yeah, you know, in practice or something, or be promotional. Yeah, I was just like, holy shit, man, that's crazy. And they the thing just... about it is, people can say whatever the fuck they want on there. Yeah, and that's sometimes that's cool, but a lot of times it's bullshit because yeah. the nine times out of ten, if if I saw that same motherfucker on the street, yeah, he would just would, well, he would just, be, we would just it keep would walking. never be the keep same walking. thing. My my thing that uh, I'm trying to get to is I'm trying to get the verification check just so I can have that verified section that you can just only pay attention to that. Because yeah. I got, you know, I got comedian friends that's verified and famous and whatever. Right. And it's like, they was telling me like, yeah, man, I ain't got to look at those mentions really. I just look at all the verified stuff because those people talk with sense. And I'm like, ah, because I got to weed through a lot of bullshit all the oh, time. I, on say. I got what, like 9,500? You know, so yeah. it's like I weed through a lot of bullshit. But the thing about it is, you've had so many, so much shit go viral, though. Yeah, that yeah. it's not just the nine thousand. It's just the everybody that's seen that shit. Yeah, you know? and they get on there and they say they're give their two fucking cents about it that really don't make a lot of sense, and nobody really gives a flying fuck about. But yeah, you know, it's it's the internet. It it gives. I think it gives voiceless people voices. Yeah. You you said a mouthful right there, man. People tend to ask me. They're like, man, how does it feel to go viral? I know you love when your stuff go viral. And I'm like, honestly, it sucks. I, I kind of hate going viral a little bit because that's when, you know, that's when the uh, the devils come out. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, that's when the comments start getting bad and they start talking to you crazy. And us as men, we alphas. So we known to defend ourselves in whatever way, shape that we see fit. And you got to kind of dial it back for the greater good. Like, ah, uh, just let me not read that. Like, because... Ah, man, <laughs> I, I mean, I'll tell you, there's some, there have been so many times, man, where I sat there, I'm like, I wish I could fucking just light into your ass, right oh, now, but I can't. Man. But and, and there is some times where I have, I've just gone, I've just snapped. Yeah. Like, I've just had enough. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just times, I mean, people can sit there and they go, oh, you know, he, he gets so mad, this is not. I'm like, motherfucker, you, a man can only take, you know, enough bullshit. I'm, I'm nothing but a man. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's all I am is a man. Ah, man. And don't think because... I have a representation of a program or something like that that I'm still not going to represent myself as a man. Like, check this out, right. man. Like, I, and the good thing about me is that I don't have that same type of um, representation that I got to hold back from. So I hold back just because those people will bother you forever. Like, I've literally, it's a dude 
that I made a video and uh, I think I was roasting shoes. This had to be seven years ago, easy. Seven years ago. I'm roasting the video, go viral, goes crazy. I think it, six, seven million views, something like that, goes crazy. Okay, some dude gets in the comments and see me being a comedian, I outsmart the people. So it's like, if they wanna say something bad to you, instead of me responding back bad, I just roast you. Yeah. So now it's a joke within the joke. So you look through the comments and the comments are just as entertaining as the video. Yeah. You look back, you don't spend 40 minutes on this one video, watching a video, and then looking at the comments and you done had a good time. So I started taking advantage of that and doing it more and more. So this one guy, I think he's from like Cleveland or something. I just light into him and he looked like a weirdo. You know, I'm, yeah. I light into him, man. And uh, he got so offended that that was seven years ago and he still comments on my stuff talking crazy to me from different accounts. Seven years later yep. and I'm like, I don't even respond. I just block the accounts. I've had to block 40 accounts from YouTube to Twitter to Instagram to Facebook. He's been everywhere. Inboxing me. I know you see this, you motherfucker. Like, wow. You really, I really dug into you that day, huh? Yeah. Like, damn, bro. For real. Like, I mean, I've had like I've had people before, like, uh, like we'd be playing, let's say, like Tennessee this this coming week. Uh-huh. And they get on there and be like, you know, fuck you, this, this, and that. I'm gonna fucking kill you. Deleting it, deleting it, deleting it, and then I just I'm, I'm tired of it because they're just like a fucking net. You can't yeah. get rid of them. Yeah. And I just block them. Fifteen minutes later, new account, a new account. <laughs> oh, you thought it was that easy, motherfucker? You thought it was getting rid of me that easy? I'm like, bro, like who, yeah, like, who in the man. hell has this kind of time? Yeah, man. God. Yeah. And speaking of Tennessee, we beat the shit out of beat Tennessee. Beat the fucking shit beat out of them. The oh shit my out god, man, that made me so fucking happy, man. To see those guys go down there, man, and do something that ain't been done. In over 30 years, man. Mm, mm, mm. I was a part of something special for that. It ain't been done over 30 years. Those dudes out there been a part of something special. It ain't been done in 30 years. To go down there and end something like that, just listen. The, I'm gonna the tell, moment, man. It's I'm going to awesome. tell you, I was, I was hype about that. Like, I was happy about that. Like, I love that we beat the shit out of them. At the same time, I was happy about um, beating Florida. When we beat Florida, I got friends, comedian homies in Florida. They full of Gator fans. Every year we lose, they dig into my ass, man. Every year. Yeah, motherfucker. Answer the phone, motherfucker. You heard me, motherfucker. Like, and I got to deal with that shit. And I just be like, man, yeah, you right, man. You, mm -hmm. Listen, nobody answered the phone for a week. Oh, yeah. I was on their head. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I had them on so speed good. dial. Oh, we. They didn't answer the phone. I tagged them on Instagram. I know you see this video, bitch. <laughs> I know you see it, motherfucker. Oh man, I'm telling you, it's that was that was great, and and um, I was at the game um, against uh, Tennessee at home. It was cold as shit, and uh, quarterback jumped that over. Was Stevie, yeah, yeah jumped Stevie over, the, over the top. Uh, yeah, yep. man. Listen, man, I'm telling you, uh, I, I went to the game with uh, Derek Johnson. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I, t I tell you, man, we were so hype. Cause I didn't know, it was like, you know, it was at the end of the game. So I'm yeah. like, man, what we agree to do, man? What we gonna do? I seen him go over the top and pop back up. Oh man, I was hyped for the whole night. Man. Whole night, that man. That was a hell of a game. But man, yeah. they went down to Neyland, man. And I'll say this, that's, we for some reason, dude, we just play like fucking shit down there. All, no matter, my, like my junior year when we were down there when we, when we beat the, played in the Citrus Bowl, bro, Tennessee was fucking ass that year. Yeah. They were fucking terrible. 
and we go down there together. bro i don't know what it was we go down there and get our ass kicked and it was just like that was the most embarrassing loss of that year that we had that year yeah. i'm like man mother- how the fuck do we lose these motherfuckers man it's just that it's just that orange man i can't stand but the way that those dudes played man uh you know kelvin joseph boss man fat you know he got his uh got his second pick man. His pick six to start it off man and my brother jamin davis man what a fucking game he had yeah man, man. shout out to them boys man big shout out to them boys oh they keep it rolling they got uh we got this week missouri yeah they had to flip the schedule we got missouri this week mm-hmm. and then georgia maybe a bye after that i'm not sure and then it's uh vandy south carolina or vandy florida south carolina so man i'm looking at the schedule and beforehand and i'm looking at it and they lost these two games and it, you know obviously i'm thinking you know fuck man is this gonna be a back to normal kentucky team but man they turn it around real quick they're two and two and looking at the rest of the schedule man they could come out this thing eight and two seven and three yeah it's very it's very possible man we just got to stay we just got to stay focused man because it's always been something about kentucky football it's like a domino effect one fall Mm. it just goes down and it's like oh shit like we was doing so good and then it's just like boom 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 and i mean but uh, I rock with us, man. And when when they pulled out the uh, the all black, mm-hmm. couldn't tell me nothing, man. I was like, we got all black jerseys. Then we start changing the helmets up, and I, I was like, oh man, we nasty now. Yeah, we nasty because I was kind of jealous because Louisville had bad helmets. I can't lie, Louisville's helmets was nice, bro. When they first got that Adidas contract, oh, bro, they were nice. God. They I, had the, uh, the 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 shit they wore against us last year, the Muhammad Ali. Yeah. All white and black leather. That was badass. Yeah, I, I was like, man, I can't lie. I'm like, man, Louisville shit is looking nice. It hurts to say it, but damn. And then yeah. we, we came out with the uh, the chrome helmets. And, mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Bro, I think that uh, that one, I can't remember what the exact combo it was. I think it was the the white on white uniform with the chrome helmet that we wore. It was one, some kind of uniform of the year on social media or man, some shit like that. Yeah, we 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 looking nasty now. I yeah. like it. I like it. We it's, looking nasty. It's just something that it's like it's a it's a legit SEC program now, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you look at it and what Coach Stoops has done since he's been there, man, it's been nothing but an upward, upward building, you know, of building blocks. And, you know, he's getting top recruits, he's getting main guys that are from Kentucky to stay in the state, which yeah. is fucking huge, man. Like yeah. if you're a Kentucky boy, man, like this is like it was I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and say it was my my dream, you know, I, I thought yeah. about playing in Kentucky each and every day. Uh, I was just a big fan of the SEC in general, yeah. you know, and I, you know, I, I went to Kentucky football games and shit like that. But to have the opportunity, you know, in my recruiting process, like when I would just, you know, feel out this place or feel out that place, I'm like, damn, this 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 opportunity to be from my That's state. Crazy. That's crazy. And do to step this. out on the field, man, and it's like this is the home field. Like I understand, I go to this school, but. I'm really from this, like, you yeah, know what I'm saying? literally, this across my chest, Yeah, man. man, and that gotta be, like, a great feeling, like, just to do that. Like, I know um, I was happy when Shane signed, Shane Boy. Mm-hmm. I was happy when Shane Boy signed, um, even though they gave him linebacker shoulder pads, but, you know, that's a different... <laughs> <laughs> he did have some big-ass shoulder yeah, pads. Yeah, huge shoulder pads. He had Maurice Jones-Drew shoulder pads, yeah. man, like... But it was like I was happy about that. I feel like we slipped on Eric Shelton. Mm-hmm. We we I don't know why we let him. I don't know why he was destroying everybody in Kentucky. I don't understand. You know what I mean? And I don't know, man. I I, I wish we could have got Damian Harris too, man, from uh, Madison Southern back. Or, yeah, back. But I think it was a year before I graduated high school. When he went to Alabama and fucking tear it up. And I don't think he's. I think he's playing for the Patriots now. Crazy but, man. 
But then you got you got guys like Drake, you know, guys like Landon Young. They were five stars coming in. They were all Americans. Uh, and then you got the new kid from Frederick Douglass that just signed with us this year, or just committed to us this uh, year. Crowdus. Uh, no, uh, Jared Jared uh, Bergerton Berg something. B u r g i n t o n. I gotta look him up. Yeah, I look him up. he's a he's a big time recruit, man. And nice. I, if you listen to this, man, I apologize. I know we've talked on Twitter before, so I apologize. I, it's not real good with names and shit. So, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, man. That's shit. that's. I mean, so I want to know. I want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, all four years. Yep. Best moment on the field. Best moment on the field. On the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, shit. It's probably after we uh probably after we won the Citrus Bowl, man. Be quite honest with you. Like on the field after everything that we did. I mean, obviously, you know, people think that, you know, the streak beating Florida and everything now, nah, that was yeah. pretty special and everything. But that I think like that is so special, it's kinda like in a category of its own. Yeah. You know? But it's like an on field moment when like I knew we were beating a powerhouse in Penn State. Yeah. That is known for football, known for dominance. And we're just out there kicking the shit out of these dudes. You and laid this, some wood that game, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I hit, I hit Trace McSorley once or twice, uh, pretty good in that game. And, <laughs> oh man, I, I, I think back in that game, man, I almost had a, a I should have had a strip sack, but I went, I went for the ball. Yeah, and I still have the picture. I had the ball in my hands, and you can see my fucking hand that I broke and everything. I got it taped up and all that shit, and I couldn't just pull it up, and he just tripped. And you oh, see me go over and get in his face. He was face. Gonna take it to the house. Oh man, it was right. It was right in the end zone. Oh, I, if I would have taken it, it would have been a touchdown. Oh, it was right there. If I would have taken it out of his hands, it would have been a touchdown. But man, there's there's just been so many moments out there, and it was. But it wasn't just the moment. It was the dudes that I did it with. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Most, most and it definitely. was like dudes like Josh Allen, Benny Snell. Yeah, you know Mike Edwards, Lonnie Johnson. You know dudes that I'm seeing play in the NFL, and I'm like those are some of my closest friends. You know out there. Yeah. You know, Benny's running through defenses. Josh is a, you know, should have been defensive player rookie of the year last year. And, and you know what's crazy about that is like they're your good friends. I've never met these guys a day in my life. Probably never seen them in person a day in my life. And I root for these dudes like I know them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it's like I'm I'm a Colts fan. I see the Steelers and I see him run. I'm like, yeah, let's go, let's, let's go, go, Benny. Like, bro, yeah. I'm telling let's you, I, like, my whole like my, my family is you know diehard Cleveland Browns fans. We mm-hmm. were born to hate the Steelers. Anything black and black and yellow, yeah, fuck that. And, and I can't resist. I mean, anytime I see Benny, even if it's against the Browns, I hope Benny destroys the Browns. Like I hope. Josh Allen, you know, sacks Baker Mayfield twenty times in a game. It's, it's, it's a good conflict to have. Yeah. I had that same, I had that same feeling um, when Eric played for Louisville. Eric, they came to Commonwealth. Yeah, and Louisville was really kicking our ass, but it was Eric doing the ass kicking. So I'm like, I'm happy, but I'm like, damn, come on, y'all. But I'm like, come on, man. Like, I, so I was just pulling apart, but I was like, he's killing, so I can't be mad. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, it was it was dope, you know. Yeah, you got to pull thing. for your boy, man. Yeah, man. Family over everything. Yeah, that's real. Over man. everything, man. So, man, when you when you break down a show, yeah. So you're back there. Do you have a? a obviously, you got a set, yeah. you know, thing of what you're going to say. And you talked about freestyling out there. How much of like freestyle in one show can you do, out, or do you do out there? Is it just depending on the crowd and what they think? It's a couple of factors that go into that. Um, sometimes I might not be headlining the show. Mm-hmm. So I might be hosting the show. I might be a feature act on the show. I mean, with a 
with a comedian with not such a big name, you got to take the work where you can get it as right. far as, you know, you don't have a uh, choice of where you go in the lineup. Like sometimes the person that's booking is like, I want you to be on the show, but I want him to headline. No hard feelings. I'm on the show. Let's rock, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, it all depends on those factors. So the first thing that I do is depending on what position I am in the lineup. If I'm hosting, I got a little bit more time than usual. If I'm headlining, I got a little bit more time than usual. So I can kind of depend, I kind of pick if I want to do that or not. And then that depends on if I'm going to read the room. Right. You know, I'm reading the room and I'm kind of seeing how people's taking to crowd work. I'm kind of seeing how people's acting because some rooms you go into and you know you're going to have a terrible night right out the gate. Like, you know, this is going to be awful yeah and so you read the room and you kind of get yourself together and it's like of course you got a set you know and um why are you doing the set something might hit you right there in the moment and you go for it man and i've done that plenty of times and it's been it's been good it's been good magic you know mm-hmm. um i did a show comedy all broadway actually and i got a joke where i uh asked people how much they pay for child support and I get the same reaction because all the dudes feel the way. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And uh, a dude said 1200 a month. And the whole place is like, oh, I got the same reaction. And I'm like, 1200 a month. And everybody's just kind of like, you know, and I'm like, how many kids? She's like, two kids, 1200 a month. And everybody's still like, oh. So as soon as the crowd kind of dialed down, I was like, man, you went to court with a public defender. <laughs> whole place just goes up, you know what I mean? And that was just something I thought of on the yeah. spot, you know what I'm saying? And and it just kind of, you kind of let the atmosphere talk to you. Yeah. If you feel it, you, you do. If you don't, move on. You still got your set to depend on. So yeah. it just, it all depends and it works. And like I said, sometimes those freestyles become permanent jokes. Right. You know what I mean? So Yeah, especially when you film and you go back, like you say, you watch the reaction from it, like, oh shit, I got to take that down. Mm -hmm. I take it with me. Mm -hmm. You ever get like in those shows, man, because I went to a show with one of my buddies and uh, I'm trying to look up the name of this guy. Uh, He was off of a, um, uh, uh, he was on a TV show. They said we just got a a five-star recruit too. Oh shit! We did. Sky Clark. Okay. Yeah. Okay. T.J. Miller. Mm-hmm. Okay. So T.J. Miller came. And I think it was right off Comedy Off Broadway. Uh huh. And we get there, dude. And I'm I'm hopped as fuck to see him. I've seen him on this fucking show. Me and my buddy were like, dude, this is gonna be funny as fuck. We got real good seats. We're out there, like, off the corner, you know, in the front row. And he gets on there, man. And these motherfuckers would not shut up, mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. Like he got in there and. uh I think he pronounced. I think he pronounced Louisville, Louisville, and dude, every fucking redneck in there was like, "Fucking Louisville, it's Louisville, Louisville." I'm like, he he fucking gets it. Let yeah, him do his yeah, fucking show. Yeah, yeah. And he and I felt like, dude, he had a set, but I felt like that he so like the dude had to cut his show short. Had to because we was only in there for like. 35 40 minutes he probably yeah they probably threw him off bro and, but and, he had he had to react off the crowd because of that shit i feel like he had mm-hmm. to throw his whole script off because yeah. those motherfuckers wouldn't show it wouldn't yeah. shut up and and see sometimes you gotta kind of so i'm i'm it depends on the atmosphere but i can get in attack mode from something like that so it's like if they won't shut up i'll start attacking them and usually when you attack somebody if they not too just totally drunk then 
they'll they'll shut up out of embarrassment, especially if you say something that's witty enough to where everybody's laughing at that person. Yeah. And um, I just kind of hit him with logic. Like, you know, I mean, you really took a shower and put on that outfit <laughs> to come here and talk during a show. Like, you stupid son of a bitch. Like, you, you did know, that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, you really wore that to do this? Like, you know, so I kind of make fun of what they got on or what they doing and, and usually they start to be quiet. They shut up and they just, you know, but if they get too drunk, usually the club is supposed to escort those people out if they become too disruptive. I think dude, dude was probably just being nice. He was him. he was nice with him. He was making like he was making jokes toward him, mm-hmm. but not like going at him. You it, know, it's it's tough to get thrown off because scientifically, if you actually look at it by the numbers, you're really telling a joke pretty much every fifteen to twenty seconds, with really seconds space in between for forty five minutes to an hour straight. That's right. a lot of fucking jokes. That's a lot of words. That's a lot of stuff to remember. And if you get thrown off midway, sometimes you can have a total brain fart and re- forget everything. Yeah. You know, and it's just based off of this one person throwing you off. Meanwhile, everybody's looking at you and the room's quiet and you got to figure it out. Yeah. And it's like that can happen. Yeah. I've man. had brain farts all the time. Like, you know, I mean, I just remember just sitting there going like you like this. This motherfucker is really here to do this shit. And you you drunk asses are sitting here just blurting out shit. Let the man do his thing. And it made the show kind of a nuisance for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're here to enjoy it and it's like, dude, shut up. Let me enjoy I paid, this. I paid to come see this motherfucker. Yeah, like, yeah, I paid yeah, to tell you and you ruined it for him. But like, and you could tell at the end of it when he was just like, he didn't even end it in like a nice way. Thanks for coming. He's like, all right, guys, that was my time. And then just fucking walked off. Yeah. And he and he was and he was the the main event of the show. Yeah. He had some dudes in front of him and he was just on there for, I think the dudes in front of him were on longer than he was at some point. Probably so. He probably got thrown off, man. And and that that can happen. And that's why I try to, if I'm headlining, I try to um pay attention to the audience. Mm-hmm. And if I if I hear people kind of heckling and making noise, then it's like, okay, okay, you right there. Okay, you got on a red hat. I got okay, you. Okay, them jeans ain't shit. Okay, yeah, I'm a, okay, yeah, yeah. So I just kind of store it in my mm-hmm. head. Go up and do my shit. Next thing I hear noise, I know dude that bullshit jeans ain't talking. You know, now it's like, what do you mean? And he'll look down at his jeans and yeah, those jeans, motherfucker. You kind of just get into them. They cut that shit straight out every time. It's it's sad that you got to be tactical like that, but that's the way you win the crowd over. So it's just like, okay, that was an organic moment that he kind of conquered on top of having funny jokes. I like him. You know what I'm saying? So uh, comedies, comedies like that, man. Like I love going into a new club that I've never been into in a city and nobody really knows who the fuck I am. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I got to go out here and prove myself. And after I get off stage, it's like people's like high-fiving and taking pictures and doing this type of shit. And I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Like you win them people over, mm-hmm. that's that's the win. In right. a city that I'm not even from or I haven't even been to that often enough for people to know me like that. But once they see me, you know, they know. they're a fan then, yeah. Yeah, you know. You've uh you've been doing it. I saw you. Did you do some work with Jason again lately? Yeah, yeah. Actually, um, we did another um, another commercial, uh, Fade Heat Nerd commercial. Another HVAC. And yeah. uh, yeah, and um, it's a basketball based one. <laughs> yeah, funny. I, I saw you sitting. I think that's where I saw the picture. You sitting. And, but in the it was funny because the, the Wildcat had on a football jersey. Though. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, it went pretty nice, man. Um, it went it went pretty nice. Uh, and the last scene, the person backed out on them to uh, film like a living room scene. So we actually used my living room. Oh shit. So he had the big 
a trailer and all that in front of the house yeah. and all the neighbors was coming out like what he got oh, going shit. on over there it was cool filming a special or some shit yeah yeah it was it was cool though um and we got it done he sent me a little preview man it was pretty cool man That's dope, man i seen you did uh i seen the one that you and, and you and uh Benny Snell did. Yep. That was dope. I like that one. Yeah, man. I like I, that one. Actually, I just signed a one-year deal with uh, UK with UK Federal Credit Union. Do uh, we did that one, and then I did a small one with just a mask. That one's on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And we were supposed to do another one, but I think I think Jason got signed by them too. Nice. So I think I'm going to do six commercials and six social media posts or something like that for the next year or something like that. But nice. Uh, we just got done filming a. Ford dealership commercial down in uh, down in Somerset, and yeah, uh, you had on dress pants. You had tucked in shirt. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I, I saw the I, I had the jeans on. I, I, it was I, jeans. I, okay, I, okay. I, I couldn't get okay. too dressy. For okay, him. okay. And uh, so, man, and you know how Jason is, man. He's just always like wiry, you know, and a little funny cat. And he comes in there, and uh, I think we were shooting a, a part where like he wanted me to fire up the crowd like fire up the, the car salesman to go out there and sell used cars i'm like motherfucker like, yeah, man. like how in the hell am i going to get these motherfuckers to sit here and go put that eye black yeah, on man yeah, and get oh zone, my god man, man. I, I had to i had to dig deep to get in that zone man because these dudes there with their guts hanging out it's and, quiet yeah you know they're sitting going yeah what are we doing we're standing right here they I mean, dudes have no idea what the fuck is going on they never yeah. been to the before and i'm sitting there i'm I get in there and go, oh, we're selling these cars today because, because our customers, yada, yada, because they deserve it. And I'm sitting there looking at those guys asking, I'm like, motherfucker, what are you even fucking talking about? And Jace is sitting there sitting there going, again, again. <laughs> yeah, you're going to uh, do about 30 takes. Oh, yeah, you're going to get it till you get it right. That's yeah. for damn sure with Jason. Yeah, hey, man, man. But ain't nothing love, ain't nothing but love my man Jason yeah, Epperson, man. man. Shout is out it? to Jason, man. Hey, man, I know, um, I know, man, funny, funny story, man. About the the Super Bowl commercial because you know we was fucking fucking up and laughing at each oh, other, oh yeah, man. the like, whole time. But you know it was so crispy clean that commercial, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm at a friend's house and he got a projector screen on the wall, so I'm watching the Super Bowl and I'm just like, oh man, this is gonna pop up. They said it's after halftime. I'm like, okay, so I'm getting my phone ready to record. And then first thing you know, you start talking. I said, oh shit, I dropped the phone and everything. I was like, oh man, oh and, shit. And the funniest part is, man, my ex my ex right somebody told me that they saw her at a Super Bowl party she was somebody's date to the Super Bowl party which is fine you know that's life mm-hmm. but I'm saying the funny part of that is is the fact that she's there with the date they, they watching your the, ass and on the TV <laughs> man yeah had no clue yeah. and I pop up on the jo- I say yes uh, yes uh, man and you know I was like that, that is that's, that's funny that's really that's, funny that's funny cause you know he knows and there's a couple people in there to know, and they said when the commercial was over, it was just quiet. Like you could just hear the deep ear pin drop, man. You'd be like, yeah, so about that game, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah man. You know, I thought you said he wouldn't shit. Yeah. <laughs> you missed motherfucker on a commercial. You told me he wouldn't shit, yeah. girl. Oh, man. That's funny yeah, shit. Yeah, man. I loved it. I Have loved you, it, uh, so are you wanting to, like, long term so you get in commercials and things like that is somewhere you take your comedy you know on the screen you know yeah, something you think course. you want, you want uh, to do that's that's definitely a goal um it's definitely a goal um i would love that i love i love doing stand up mm-hmm. and i would just love to expand and um just with opportunities you know i'm i'm trying to grow into it just like um to the point where basically that those things would be just my main focus. Right. You know what I'm saying? And and 
I think that would be probably my ideal situation where it's just comedy and acting in particular just yeah. being my main focus. So it's like, okay, let me look at my schedule. I got this shoot. I got this show. I got this. I got this. I got mm-hmm. this, you know. And it's it's the game is so it's so topsy-turvy. You get close mm-hmm. and then you lose opportunities. You gain opportunities. And it's just, you just got to keep chomping at the keep bit. Keep grinding, like, man. Yeah, man. It's like, I've had opportunities, man. I fumbled an opportunity years ago. I mean, I was one year into comedy. It's 2012. I started in 2011. Um, 2012, one year into comedy, I get an opportunity to perform in front of Shaquille O'Neal. He got, yes, he got a contest, right? Um, you submit some tapes, some tape I had from Comedy Art Broadway from an open mic. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was a good joke, you know. I didn't think nothing of it. I sent it. I was like, I ain't going accept it, you know, whatever. I get an email back. We like your stuff. Hmm, okay. All right, we going to narrow you down, and we going to make you a finalist, and da-da-da-da-da. Okay, I ain't going to get it, man, you know. Uh, you are selected as a finalist. Oh, oh shit. So we need you and uh, two other people to uh, fly into Atlanta, and we need you to perform in front of Shaq. I said, oh, my God. So they flew me. To Atlanta, I stayed at the W. Um, they gave me like a four hundred dollar budget on a Stipend, car to eat with. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like, what? I came in the room. It's a gift basket, all types of stuff. So, I get to the show. We get to the place where we're going to do the show. I get there, and the dude walks up and tells me, "Yeah, uh, the five minutes that you had, add two to three more minutes to that." And I'm like, whoa, 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 wait, 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 I. I got two to three minutes, but I don't even know how to add that into what I was already talking about. Like, wait. Yeah. So now I'm super nervous because I'm like, and I'm a rookie at this point. So I'm kind of trying to figure it out. So I go into the room, you know, that we agreed to do it in. And in walks Shaq. And I'm like, holy shit. I've never in my life seen somebody that big. Like that dude. Once I seen his shoulder blades, I was like, I understand how you got every record that you broke. Yeah. Every single one. I don't see nobody that's holding you on that court. Nobody. The dude, I shook his hand and his fingertip touched my forearm. <laughs> like, he's he's a big dude. So, not only did he come in, but he comes in with hoops from Flavor of Love. And she's goddamn beautiful. So, seeing her in person, I'm like, <gasps> Why is she so damn like gorgeous? Like it's like flawless. Like I'm like, like wow, a, like a glow coming off. Yeah, her and I'm shit. just like whoa, walking in slow motion and everything. Yeah, so it's like a lot of things happening all at one time. And when I walked into the room, being that this is Shaq and this is Cavassier, this is a whole big sponsorship thing. They got like a paparazzi section. So you walk in and this camera flashes, and I'm like, okay. So I get up and I try to tell my jokes. And I tell him, but I'm so nervous. I know it didn't go off that well. But I'm listening to the other people tell their jokes, and they just as shook. So I'm like, at least they shook. I'm like, that's good. So uh, I end up placing as a runner-up, and the winner got a check for $5,000. But I was like, I got to meet Shaq. They flew me to Atlanta for a couple of days. Pampered and you, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, man. It was, it was the experience, was, man. It was the experience. But I think all the time, I'm like, Shaq, that was before the 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 all-star tour was there, but that was before he got into real heavy touring of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, that was like a golden opportunity to set myself apart and become a part of something big like that. Because you'll meet so many people in the industry from something like that, that could propel your career like so far. So I was just sitting there thinking like, damn, 
if I was like super, super, super not nervous and good, I would have probably excelled in a different way and probably could have changed something up. But I'm like, then again, I was a rookie and just came up on an opportunity. So I took the opportunity. It is what it is. Hey, man, you got to take it when you can get it. Yeah, man. And I tell you, man, to to look at Shaq and Shaq, when I, before I even told the first joke, he's just like staring at me. And I'm like, and he's talking. And in my head, I'm like, damn, he sound like Shaq. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I uh, mean? Go on, you want to tell the joke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to tell the joke? Yeah, he's like, it's, it's big uh, 50 cent looking motherfucker right here. <laughs> I'm like, because at that point, I was still playing. So I was super jacked. Like, yeah. I was super jacked. And I just had on like a V-neck or something. So my shoulders yeah, are sitting up, man. Good. And uh, it, was just, it was just a crazy experience. And I've had those kind of experiences through the years where I felt like, an opportunity could have arose, but didn't, you know? Yeah. And that's just part of the game. It just comes with it. You gain experience from these things, man. And um, just with me doing content and videos, me doing a video in my driveway got me flown to LA. Yeah. You know, um, talking to people that, I had talks to be on HBO to do uh, shows. It just didn't pan out. That's part of business. Like, right. you know, just because you're talking to them don't mean it's going to happen. It's just, but to be in the room talking to these people is amazing by itself. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And um, you just, you learn so much, man, and you kind of can translate it to life. Like, I'm sure you take bits and pieces from football and you translate that to life. Like, oh, hell yeah. You know man. what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it's just, it's anything. I, and I'd say that, you know, football, you know, definitely has taught me more life lessons than anything in life has, mm-hmm. anything else has. You know, you get kicked. You're gonna get. You're gonna get your ass knocked down. Mm-hmm. You know, you can either stay down or you can get up and play the next play. Mm-hmm. You're going to get hurt. I mean, things aren't just going to work your way. I mean, you're going to have to prove yourself to everybody yeah. and anybody. I mean, there's gonna be sometimes where you're not performing. Some they got they got people to replace you. Yeah. And so I think that kind of puts the pressure on you to go out there and say, hey, I got to perform. And if I don't perform, I ain't gonna make no money. I'm telling you. I'm and it's just like that, and it's like I'm, I'm, you know, transitioning now into the real world, you know, thinking like, uh, you know, I, I made some money on uh, for my for a college kid. I made like ten grand uh, mm-hmm. on a t-shirt signing tour that I had. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking, shit, I don't spend a lot of money. Like I'm good for a bit. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I kind of find myself like the more I would just sit there and chill. Yeah. The more mentally, I'm just like not. I'm not comfortable. Like I may, I may have felt comfortable. Yeah, laying there watching Netflix, you know, doing my thing. But I feel like when you put yourself in uncomfortable situations, that's when you truly find yeah, yourself. It's facts. It's it is absolute facts, man. Um, and it takes it takes a bit of failure for you to find out how to win. You know, oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's been times where I've people ask like man have you ever bombed before and i'm like hell yeah i've bombed before dave Chappelle's bombed this year like it happens like you know what i'm saying and and it's like you learn from that and then the comeback story is when you do your next show and you kick ass yeah. you're like i'm unstoppable even right. though i got my shit knocked off i'm back you know what i mean and and it's like you said on the on the money end it's like now you figure okay i know what that feels like but I need to feel what that feels like times mm-hmm. 10. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I know it's possible. Let me see how I can dig into this market. Let me see what I can open up with this. Let me, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's it's very possible, man. It's Man, it, I miss motherfucking that, that Chappelle show, man. Oh, yeah. man. Bro, that was that was my show. My, my, uh, shout out to my dad, man. My dad, bro. My dad was the one that got me to that kind of comedy at a young age. I was, yeah. uh, I was, I was the kid that... 
that came in. I mean, he turned on to Eddie Murphy when I was a little kid. I mean, yeah. I first saw Coming to America when I was like, you know, eight, nine years old. Crazy. And seeing, <laughs> watching, growing up, watching the Chappelle show and that kind of satire Ch- comedy, man. The Chappelle show was so far ahead of its time. Oh, man. But it was right on time at the same time. You know, and what's crazy about that Chappelle show is it was shot in such a poor quality. <laughs> like, you can't even restore it. They, you, they shot that with a Samsung uh, a Galaxy Note. Like, yeah. You, <laughs> like, it's a great... It's Those episodes are great to watch. It's such poor quality. Like, I wish the Chappelle show had Key and Peele quality. Yeah. Oh, oh man, because it's like those episodes are so epic, man. Like, just I just sit there. I can I can think of so many skits off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. That I just sit there with my with my and like I watched those when I was a kid. And now when I'm in college, you know, me and my friends will be sitting there eating our Cheetos after we got our smoke on. Mm-hmm. We sitting there watching Dave Chappelle, and it's the funniest fucking shit we've ever seen. Man. Like just 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 like we fucking watched it. When we were kids, yeah, and it's the funniest fuck. Yeah, and watching that, and watching him in Half Baked and his new stuff. When he when he finally came back on the on the stand up scene, I was like, oh shit! Un- I was like, oh shit! Un- this gonna be some fucking funny shit. Unfucking stoppable, man. And you know what's what's crazy is when Dave Chappelle does jokes. Me as a comedian, I rarely laugh during the whole entire set because I'm so focused. Yeah. on what he's saying and how he's saying it. Like, I'm literally studying this class for me. So I'm like, I got to remind myself to laugh because I'm like, damn, that was a good joke. Like, he wrapped that around. Damn, it's like the structure. Like, this motherfucker is amazing. Like, yeah. I mean, and that's how it be. Like, Kevin Hart, when he did the tour, he came to the Yum Center. Mm-hmm. I went to the Yum Center. Everybody in the whole arena is laughing and I'm just kind of studying. I'm like, well, the, the sound man's right there and he, he got the mic this many inches from his mouth and the lights is like this. And, you know, and I'm just like, he came up from under the stage and they timed it just like this. So that's the video guy right there. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm piecing all of that together. I had to like cut that part of my brain off and actually enjoy the show. Cause I'm like, damn, half the show's over and I ain't paid attention right. to not nothing. I'm looking at all the technical aspects of it, you know? Bro, I find myself doing the same shit when I watch football games now. Yeah. It's almost like I'm watching film and I watch what the linebackers read. Bro, I'm sitting there, like, they say, <laughs> they, 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 life, they be sitting there be going, damn, you see the block at tight end, babe? Like, no, unless it was something to do with the inside linebackers, I didn't see it. <laughs> Scar for life, man. That's it. I know. I know it blows your mind to sit and look at professional football and see them blow a read or something like what oh, the fuck? Yeah. Like that was the easiest fucking. Th- it, it brought me to something. I'm just thinking about that brought me to something. What the fuck happened that year against Florida, where nobody was paying attention to the open fucking receiver? Bro, don't even get me fucking started. Oh my god, I was screaming at the TV, and I'm like, they're gonna go over there, man. I'm like, fucking fuck. That happened twice, bro. That happened. That didn't just happen once. It happened fucking twice, and it's and it seemed like, Mm, 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 mm. I don't know what the fuck it was. I don't know if the guy never came into the huddle and he just stayed out there, or if he slipped from the sideline. I don't know what happened, man. And that in that year, uh, I was I was on special teams most of the time, mm-hmm. and so I'm sitting there thinking, man, how in the fuck did we just do that? And I mean, was was people yelling from the sideline? To be quite honest with you, bro, I really can't remember. All I remember is is that walking off the field, and I can just I can just hear the booze, just just. Boo. I mean, I mean, 
They had every right to, man. I mean, that was bullshit. I mean, and, but, uh, I, I, and, and you know, ESPN's gonna run it down your throat. You know what I mean? So with ESPN playing it over, I had to turn the shit off. I'm like, bro, I just can't do it, man. I'm like, I don't understand. And I'm like, you know, I got to sit here and get these phone calls and hear this bullshit. And, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm like, why the fuck open, man? And and it was just a genuine, like, we was we was lost. Yeah. It's we was like, lost. Like It's just like you was like lost in the moment or something. Like, we was about to beat them, you know, this, this, and that. And then we just didn't do the one little thing. The one, you did everything fucking perfect the whole time. And it's like, boom, that little bit. And I'm man. like, son of a bitch. Damn. Man, man, you got anything coming up? Um, I have um, I got a show in Elizabethtown, uh, November twelfth, and I got um, I'm at um, the Laughing Skull in Georgetown. Mm-hmm. Um, the Laughing Skull is it's, it's been open for maybe a year and a half, two years now. Brand new club where the uh, Bugle Boy Outlet used to be in Georgetown. Okay, yeah. Um, nice club, real nice club. Um. I'm going to be co-headlining with my boy uh, Joe Du Salim um, December 4th. And uh, it's going to be a good time, man. It's going to be a good time. Me, me and uh, Jason was in talks, man. Might might work a special out, man. Bro, you know that'd be I mean? sick, man. Yeah, that'd man, work sick. a special out. So um, I know December 4th we got it We got it in the book. So I'm going to be at the Laughing, uh, the, not the Laughing Skull, but the Laughing Post. They changed the name. There you the go. Laughing Post in, in Georgetown. And... Uh, I'm going to really get busy at the post, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's going to be fun. I'm going to talk about titties and their effect on the economy. You know what I mean? Oh, so, yeah, big effect. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. we're going to have a good-ass time, man. I mean, you know put, what I'm that, put that in your calendars, people. Put yes, that sir. in your calendars, Yes, man. sir. And, man, I appreciate you coming on. I've had one hell of a time. Yes, sir. It's been funny. Remember to follow my man on Instagram, at RealStarks27, on YouTube, StarksTV, on, Twi- on Twitter, at RealStarks27. My brother, I appreciate you. I have to do this again sometime, man. Hey, Cash, man, I appreciate you, man. Shout out to everybody out there, man. And you already know, go Big Blue. You know what it is. Go Big Blue. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Offseason Podcast. I'm Cash Daniel. As always, get after it.